Welcome to the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. Brett Behrens, Marley Weirda, Andy Olson alongside after Illinois gets a 24-14 win over Charlotte on Saturday. And I'm not going to say it, guys, but I'm going to say it. I called the score. Pre-game show. I said 24-14, Illinois is going to win. And here we are. Good for you. So I'll pat myself it on was, the back. It was, I can't, I'm laughing. <laughs> I want to say, hold on. Um, and it was um, a Charlotte yards. <laughs> Weird as laughing at her own jokes here. Chase Brown. Charlotte Yards. Career day for him. Do you get it? Charlotte. Thank you. The other team. We're we're leaving this in. (laughs) 257 yards for Chase Brown. Career day for him. Fourth on the Illinois single game rushing yard record books now. He's passing guys like Jim Grabowski, uh, uh, Red Grange. You may have heard of him. I uh, heard he was decent back in the day. And Richard Mendenhall, Howard Griffith as well, all Illini greats. And Chase Brown now has punched his name into that as well with 257 yards. He owned the day. The rushing offense owned the day. Overall, I didn't feel like the offense was that great. But when you run for 80% of your yards on a season high 440 plus, you're going to be okay. And 80% of those yards were from the ground. Yeah, I had, if before seeing our stat sheet in our hands right now, if I had to guess how many passing yards Illinois had, I, I would have had no idea. Or even, even I wouldn't have, an, wouldn't have had an inkling of like where to start or where to guess. They ended up with 78. Brandon Peters, 10, 10 of 19. He also had a touchdown through to Daniel Barker. Could have uh, thrown it to Chase Brown, who uh, was on a screen, and he would have been wide open. But instead, he had to fit it into Daniel Barker, and it, whatever, six points either way. Um, I think you're right, though, Brett, about offense overall was not great. I remember very early on, uh, after Illinois had its, I believe, second and third drive, and Charlotte had gotten the ball back. And I thinking, I was thinking, and I texted this to you guys, too, that if Charlotte scores, I felt like the game was over at that point. Just because it had been since... Whenever they played Maryland, whatever date that was on a Friday, it had been that long since they had scored a touchdown. Um, And it felt like it just wasn't coming because they had that really good first drive and they got the field goal, but they couldn't get it into the end zone. It just felt like it was never going to come for Illinois. And eventually three of them came down the pipe, which was great. Um, We'll go over all of that. But overall, if it wasn't for Chase Brown, I don't know if Illinois would have won this game, even with the great defensive performance to only hold Charlotte to 14 yards um, and only one touchdown after you know the 49ers' first drive of the game. Right, still no first-quarter touchdowns for Illinois all season. Another field goal for them, but they have yet to score a touchdown in the first quarter. Marley, what did you think of the first vibe of the game here? And, and I felt uh, that Illinois was deflated. You, you put together this... This great drive for the Illini, and you go 17 for 64 yards, and yet all you come away with is three. I, I feel like that was a win for Charlotte early. Yeah, and I think just the atmosphere of the game maybe reflected where Illinois was at that point. Just it's a gloomy day. There were no fans in the student section, maybe like 50 when we first got there. Um, and like you said, Brett, they played – deflated I think they needed something to kind of light a fire under their ass I mean Charlotte was playing like they had nothing to lose and Illinois was playing like oh woe is me we're on a four game losing streak that was evident you could you could sense that on the field um but I think once they kind of got going a little bit um in the second quarter maybe heading into to halftime I know that um 
Charlotte touchdown at the end of the second half. I don't know if that boded too well for Illinois. I'm sure um, I didn't have great thoughts. I thought at that point, okay, Charlotte's going to come away and run away with it here in the second half. But Illinois certainly um, proved me wrong, maybe most of us wrong. Um, and it was great to see them come out with the win that was, I think, to be expected. Maybe to be expected when we first had started talking about the season. <laughs> I don't know if today it was to be an expected win for Illinois, right. given their track record the past couple of games, but it was a game that they needed to win. Announced crowd of 30,559. No. Andy, how many people were there today? <laughs> 10,000 maybe? No, there was more than that. You think it was more than I'm that? I'm going to say there was yeah, about 18,000 there. Oof. 18 to 20. All right. I've seen some bad crowds. <laughs> Where did this was this the, one of the worst? Uh, it wasn't great, but it, I've seen worse. We were talking. It, it would just all of the factors kind of went against Illinois. Yeah. The four-game losing streak, non-conference opponent, supposed to be raining day or rainy day, which yeah. it didn't, thankfully, during the yeah, game. Yeah, I'm going to thank Kevin that he was wrong. He said it was going to rain during the game, and it didn't. <laughs> It rained we got, it got before the game, yes, and then it started raining about an hour after the game. <laughs> we had a window there, which oh, yeah. was great. So, Kevin, thank you for being wrong. Yeah, it blew east over to West Lafayette. I saw they had a oh, had boy, a disgusting game today. Uh, right. Marley, you mentioned about how Charlotte had kind of the momentum going into halftime, mm-hmm. and I'm sure we're going to go over some of the key points of the game where you know things kind of changed for Illinois. But for me. Uh, the very first one that I noticed or saw was that drive coming out of halftime. Charlotte got the ball first in the third quarter. I thought this is going to be a 14-point swing. Charlotte scores going into half. They might score coming out of half. And the fact that Illinois was able to hold them on defense and then get the ball back, I can't remember what they did with the ball. They may have scored after that, but um, there was a couple of drives there where it went back and forth. But for them to – the defense to step up and hold them again – and. You know, hold them to no points in the second half. I thought was huge, um, and the defense is not getting enough credit for the pat for the last three games. I yeah, think is, for how much they've done. It's the third straight game where they've held their opponent to under twenty points or under, and right. I think that's a testament of how the defense has has grown. And you can see Ryan Walters has really been doing a great job with his group. Could they do better? Sure, but I think from where they were. Maybe against the UTSA game, when we look back at that one, to where they are now, I think um, the improvement is pretty evident. Right, because when you look at it now, so 14, 13, and 20. 20. Right, they've, mm-hmm. uh, Maryland was held to 20 points, and they still can't get a win. If you hold opponents to those scores, more times than not, you're going to be in a game, number one, and then having a chance to win. And, and that's been the case in all mm-hmm. three of these games. They have had a chance to win, and Illinois, as you reflect here, the okay UTSA game, 37-30, you gave some things away there. You probably weren't going to win that game. But when you look at the Maryland game and the way that ended, and you lose 2017, and you look at the way the Purdue game ended, those are two games that you should have won. I mean, we I told you this earlier, Andy. Illinois should be sitting here at 4-2, and two, mm-hmm. right? I don't feel like that's essentially out of the equa- equation. And I don't want to go all Tim Beckman here like he used to do. <laughs> Wait, there, there are a couple. Wind. You remember what it stands for? Uh, it's, uh, you're putting me on it. the spot. I got it. Whatever yeah. is necessary today. Wins. Wins. Tim Beckman. Uh, we have a sign of it in the sports department. <laughs> That's a story for another day. But he always used to say, "Oh, we're just a couple of plays away from getting a win." Like legit, there are a couple of conversions, either third down or fourth down, however you want to look at it. 
of being four and two. And it's crazy how that perspective changes for Illini Nation for, for where they are now. I want to get your take on what you thought of Bielema's postgame comments about not downplaying Charlotte, but downplaying Charlotte. I mean, he essentially <laughs> yeah. said, hey, this doesn't like this. This isn't a motivation. This isn't a confidence booster for us because we're expected to win these games. This is how we should act. He's trying to change the program culture into that because everything that he's known at Wisconsin and at Arkansas was you don't lose these types of games, mm-hmm. right? It's not to say that he never did lose one, but it's just the fact that it didn't happen very often, and he's trying to change that. So, Marley, what did you think of those comments after the game in terms of saying, hey, look, um, no, 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 this isn't confidence. We should win these games. We should be here. Right. It's just a matter of not being satisfied, which is what he alluded to in the sense that Yes, they're supposed to win this game against Charlotte. They were supposed to win that game against UTSA. Uh, Now it's a matter of getting a couple of of Big Ten wins because when you're looking to build a program at the end of the day, like to me, this this win was insignificant. I mean, sure, I think it's good in snapping the four-game losing streak that they were on, but at the end of the day, no one's going to look back at your resume and be like, that great win against Charlotte. Because it's not the wins that count so to speak i mean it counts it counts for your record but um you know it's not the ones that get you to a bowl game or get you to a big 10 championship and those are the kind of games that i think brett bielema wants to be winning and you know bringing his program towards i don't think that this win is insignificant in the way that maybe people are going to feel about it now because i feel at least my perception of the team is different now than it was last week after purdue um, and maybe, and again, that doesn't matter to the team, I don't think. But for us, analyzing and talking about this Illinois football team, uh, I predicted that Charlotte was going to win today uh, on the pregame show because I did not like what I was seeing out of Illinois the past two weeks. So we're just one touchdown between two games, um, and the fact that they were able to come out and do what they were supposed to do against Charlotte, like how Bielema put it, how they expected to win this game. That's different than actually going out and doing that and winning the game. Because I'm sure he was very nervous at halftime when Charlotte was up 14 to 10. Uh, so my perception, I think, has changed uh, about them that, you know, we knew that they were that close in those games that you mentioned, Brett. But this time they actually went out and won it. And I don't think that it matters that it was against Charlotte. It's a W all the same because they, with a few different plays and a few different breaks they could have lost this game too uh, yeah. I mean there's the fumble that Kirby Joseph recovered there's the interception by Keith Randolph those drives who knows what could have happened on them and how the game could have changed but the fact that they went out and actually won the game I think means a lot or it does mean a lot in my perception of them moving forward I think for the players it means more and I, and I asked some of the players about what this does mm-hmm. for their confidence level and obviously it's raised because they're the one out there playing right Bielema's trying to build a long-term successful program the players are trying to win the games i mean bielema doesn't play the games Mm -hmm. right so and there is a difference in that for the players and how they should feel for that i agree marley that this is a game they should win obviously we're not going to look back in in five years from now at bielema's tenure and say oh remember that charlotte game was a good charlotte win (laughs) great great win over a good program top 15 wins they're well coached you know what i mean like you're just not going to hear that it's, it would have been more significant to me had they lost. Sure. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we look back at UTSA and, and we say, okay, well, they lost that game, and, and how does that impact 
the future. And there's un- there's things we don't know. Now, if they go out and beat Wisconsin next week or in Penn State in two weeks, that's a win that is very significant because then they can go out and say we beat a top 10 program or Wisconsin's going to fall after today, mm-hmm. uh, probably out of the top 10. But, you know, I, I think those are more significant in, in that long-term building. I do think they're going to beat a program they shouldn't beat the rest of the year. I've said that along. I, th- I think this team will continue to get better. We've seen it from the defense. I still have lots of questions about the offense, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. What, what has Brandon Peters really you know, shown you overall today? When they pass for 78 yards, it's, it's not like you're out here world beaters. No. They're going to have to run uh, past the ball effectively to beat to get more wins this season. But when he goes 10 for 19 for 78, and he does get his first touchdown of the year, we got to say that. Yeah, that's right. Um, but there, there's got to be more there, and Bielema recognized that after the game, saying he has been more aggressive with Brandon Peters the last couple of weeks and trying to get more out of him. And I, I said pregame, I thought they were going to start BP. They did. I didn't think there was a chance they were really going to make a change at, at halftime. I didn't feel like that was advantageous for that because of the running game and, and what they were doing, and it was going so well for them. But if they don't have Chase Brown today, then they're losing this game. No, yeah. I mean, th- think about it, and this was, this was my thought afterwards, guys. Chase Brown ran for 257 yards, and they won by 10. I mean, it took – the fourth most rushing yards in a game in program history, 120 plus years of Illinois football for them to win by 10 over Charlotte. Yeah. I think we're seeing just like one player. I mean, it was last week against Purdue. Josh McCray carried the entire offense on his back today. It was chase Brown. It it can't just be one guy saving it for the team. Offensively. Yeah. Offensively. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, eventually You'd imagine that some of these performances have to start intersecting and they don't have to rely on one specific guy. But, you know, we're on the passing game topic. It really starts with that. When you have a guy like Chris Reynolds from Charlotte come in and look so much better than Brandon Peters, you know, you have to wonder, like, is there a guy even on this roster that is capable of that kind of stuff? Or do they only have less than conference USA level quarterbacks on the roster, which I mean, who knows at this point? Cause they have not been performing and I don't right. know kind of where you go from here. I think to the quarterback the transfer portal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you go at the there. end of the year. Yeah. But like for the next few weeks, Bielma is still going to have to be answering questions about quarterback. And if that was more settled then you know, this well, season, I, I feel like, goes completely differently. I don't think coming off a win, you're going to make a quarterback change. No, right? probably it's not. It's not going to happen at this point. Mm-hmm. So I think Brandon Peters gets rolled out there next week against Wisconsin, and then and then you go from there. But are we going to have this continual conversation of like, mm-hmm. okay, if Brandon goes ten for nineteen for seventy eight, what like what are they going to pull him at halftime? You know, I, I think mm-hmm. fans are thinking that, and I don't think that's unjustified in a sense of okay, well, who's going to be the quarterback to start the mm-hmm. second half? And we talked on the pregame show this morning, Andy, if they would have made a change in the second half at Purdue, does Illinois win the game? I mean, you know, yeah. the Boilermakers are the ones that made the change yeah. and put in O'Connell and, and t- took out Plummer. And, yeah, he threw two picks, but, like, he gave them some energy. He gave them some juice. I, I don't know. I, I do agree with Jeremy when he, when he said if they do make a change to Artho, that they, there's no going back to that. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, and I, I think it like, would have had to be like if Brandon had a terrible first half and they threw. I don't think they should have. 
could have, should have, I guess, if Art were to be thrown in against Wisconsin as the starting quarterback, I think they needed to make the switch today going into the second half. I think it's unfair to Art to throw him in cold against No, no, Wisconsin no. Yeah, I that. agree. But he's, he's I mean, Brandon's going to start Right, right, right. I'm saying if the, the outcome today sure. were, were different. Right. That was probably the way they would need to do it. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> no, it's okay. I know I mentioned Chris Reynolds for Charlotte, but talk about the rec- I mean, the receivers too for them were able to get separation against the Illinois right. defense. It didn't matter in the end because the defense ended up being good enough on enough plays that they were able to hold them out of the red zone. But that's also a problem I feel like with Illinois. There are no guys who can go up and get passes like there were for Charlotte. There are guys like Deuce Span who can get behind the defense and are able to make the catch if it's placed on them perfectly. But as we saw today, there were a couple of passes from Peters. When yeah. Deuce was behind the defense, it was underthrown, and it got knocked away because of that. Right. There's no guy on this Illinois team who is like your Josh Bebe, who's able to go up and win the 50-50 balls. You know? And because of that, I feel like they have to game plan uh, really conservatively. And clearly it shows in the passing game. Uh, so there's a couple of things. Peter's not performing up to his sort of standard or at least a Big Ten standard. And then the fact that because he doesn't have enough receivers to throw to or guys that are going to get open, you're just in a, a mess of a situation with a passing game, I think. And I know I was positive coming into this about the team overall. My perception has changed. That's still a huge question mark on whether or not they're going to they're gonna win any more games this year. Yeah, four out of their ten completed passes were to tight ends today. Parker gets the one catch that's a touchdown. Luke Ford has three catches in there as well. And and they're, I'm happy to see they're getting the tight ends more involved. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. And I think a lot of people have been calling for that because you have two dynamic weapons there with uh, DJ and, and with Luke. But who else is there? I mean, there, yeah. it's, just, there's, it's such a struggle. And I think to be fair to the situation too today, when you have Chase Brown doing what he's doing, they didn't need to pass a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. even 19 times in there, I thought was okay. Like, <laughs> hand the ball off. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the best offense, if it's your run game, is your run game. So run the ball, you know? And I'll give Josh McCray credit there, too. You know, 16 uh, attempts for him for 64 yards. Uh, overall, that's pretty good. You take away the fumble in there. And I thought he had a, a pretty successful day, all things considered. So. You know, the offense, while it's not broken, um, the pass game is, is not good. Yeah. And they've got to try and scratch and claw to figure out some more weapons there. I thought the screen game was effective, and especially early there. We yeah. didn't see any trick plays today like we did last week. If I remember right, I don't think we had anything, mm-hmm. you know, that was out of the quote-unquote uh, normal calls from Tony Peterson. The one thing I did like, though, was going for it on fourth down, two for two on fourth <laughs> down. And Bielema said after the game that, you know, hey, you guys want to talk about all the fourth downs and we don't get it. You know, we got two for two today. Uh, Marley, what did you think about that aggressiveness to just say, hey, we're going to go for it? I think one was about on the 25 early, right? And then they had the late yeah. one to, to close out the game. And, yep. they, and they were able to do it, and, and credit to them. Yeah, and I, I think the one that I saw, the fourth down conversion that I saw, was in the first half when chase brown is like pushing this pile to go for it for they get the first down it was great and i think that's what i talked about a little bit when we first started the podcast is they need something to light a fire under them and give them a little spark and i think at this point in the season illinois doesn't have anything to lose and they need to be more aggressive on 
these types of plays and it was great to see them make that decision and and go for it and not make you know these conservative decisions and maybe it shows that hey you know what Brett Bielema does have a little bit more confidence in his team that he did um you know in the first couple weeks of the season um so I I don't know it's great to see and there was some insight from Bielema there when he said if you're gonna go for it on fourth down you want to feel like you can get it 80 to 90 percent of the time he told us that uh, post game today which I, I just find all these little nuggets of how he thinks and operates very interesting and it should play into you know our perception of, of what we think of of his decision making and so that tells me that in the previous two games yeah. he didn't feel like he only felt like he had a 20% chance or less to get the fourth and fourth and one against Maryland and the fourth and two against Purdue that's how i view that and i want to know why <laughs> i mean i think the i think I the know. answer is Chase Brown was not sure. fully available for those games right. but you know we we'll talk we'll talk about fourth downs like this until we can we run out of breath but uh, I in my own mind I understand how the scenarios are different but clearly they had a play that worked today like and I remember the first one because uh, I believe I was changing spots in the field for the second one so I didn't get a yeah. clear shot at it but uh the line just kind of cleaned house for Chase Brown to be able to walk towards a first down. Uh, I don't know what changed for the line on that play in particular and why they couldn't have done it against Maryland or against Purdue, but, you know, it Josh, worked today. Josh McCray could have done it against Purdue. I, I would think? probably agree. And I think the the reasoning Bielema gave there is because it was fourth and two instead of fourth and one, yeah. which, okay. McCray was but on it, the field on the third down, though. Exactly. That's that was my issue on that is that they gave it to Jakari Norwood on third down. Hmm. Give it feed your big guy. There. Like, <laughs> you know he's six foot one, two forty for a reason. Give him the ball. It's um, it's, con- it's it's confusing, and I, and I don't want to say it's inconsistent play calling because it's not because they're different situations. Sure. Um, but you saw them go for it today, and oh, you just think about what could have been. Right. Watching them go for it. To me, it's the process of what is that thought making Mm -hmm. and decision making and all of that. And and that's what I find really interesting. And and just trying to learn Brett Bielema, you know, and just trying Mm -hmm. to pick up all of those things. Uh, All right. I saw Scott Beatty tweet the first time since 2011, Illinois defense has not allowed an opponent to score 20 or more points in three straight games. So, Mm -hmm. like we mentioned, I think there's a lot of uh, credence to that and to this defense and to giving Ryan Walters a whole heck of a lot of credit for making adjustments. In game in second half today, and they're not being able to score. And then also, after the UTSA loss and Virginia loss, figuring something else out, putting some new guys in and uh, mixing it up. And and they've shown. And if Illinois can hold, uh, I would expect Wisconsin to be a low scoring game. Anyway, I was going to say, I was like, great. he's got a good matchup coming up because the Wisconsin uh, offense is dog water what's the so total? Dog water. thank you what's the total for wisconsin illinois next i'm gonna week? go 42, 42 is my is my guess oh my god it's gonna be bad that is um gonna be some big test <laughs> football <laughs> punt to win baby yeah oh boy and illinois only punted once today yeah and that's the i that? saw that was the least amount of punts in a game in blake hayes's career which Crazy. goes to show in his tenure at illinois how illinois has done on <laughs> offense Illinois now two and four, Wisconsin then a bye week then at Penn State, and then home against Rutgers to round out the month of October. Oh man, to see where Illinois is at. So, Illinois zero and four in September, two and zero in 
not September. <laughs> there you go. And <laughs> Look August, at this. Andy October. Olsen wrapping us up here with some positivity. Andy Lytics. Andy Lytics. Oh, my God. <laughs> give it to us again, Marley. And let's not forget, guys, it was a Charlotte Yards oh for Chase Brown. <laughs> I want to make this the title of the podcast. Do it. We'll see what it all ends right. up being. <laughs> Illinois wins it 24-14. We've all contributed to this. Thanks for listening to the WCI 3-in-1 podcast. For Marley Weirda and Andy Olson, I'm Brett Behrens. We'll do it again next week. Illinois, Wisconsin, uh, 2.30 kickoff? Yes. At Memorial Stadium. Brett Bielema goes against his old team for the first time. Right. Yeah, the right the storylines write themselves. Arkansas storylines write themselves. A whole lot of talk this week about Bielema. I'm sure he'll uh, he'll love it. I'm sure. I, not love it. <laughs> He's not gonna want to talk about it, but uh, it's okay. We'll see. So, all right, that'll do it. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time here on the Three One Podcast.